Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It is episode 128. December 14th, 2021, and I have another new host with us. So another Dan, a Dan Card this time, not Daniel Garcia. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thanks. Good to be here, Gavin. I appreciate it. Very cool. So before we get into it, uh, let's just thank our sponsors, Order Solutions, the makers of Coldbox, Commandbox, Forgebox, Testbox, and almost every other box out there. And there's a few ways they can say thanks back to Order Solutions. You want to give us a rundown? There are a bunch of ways that we can do that as I scan up here. So basically, you can like and subscribe our videos on YouTube, like you are here. Basically, subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on one of the, um, one of the apps like Spotify or here. Um, sign up for a free or paid account on CF Cast. There's some great content on there. Um, not, th- not just a pitch for, uh, you know, hey, come look at our stuff. But there is some really good content on there. Um, we have a new book there are, that, that, uh, that Luis wrote, 102 Cold Box HMVC. Quick tips and tips on Gumroad. Um, and then obviously we have the Patreon support. And we have a number of different tiers on that. If you haven't looked at the uh, at what those tiers are recently, there's some great but tangible benefits for you in addition to helping out Ortis and contributing to podcasts like this and the rest of the open source projects. Yep, we'll uh, give you a little bit more rundown for those uh, watching. I'm showing my screen. So you can see there's different packages. We've got seven levels, uh, all sorts of different uh, emerald, gold, platinum, etc. And we'll tell you a little bit more about them. But if I scroll down the bottom, you see we have 37 patrons right now subscribing. And we're at 97% of the goal, which is to fully fund this podcast. So uh, it's really awesome that we have that many people uh, shelling out their hard-earned money to basically help us with this podcast. And then obviously, if, if you guys are helping pay for this, it gives more money for orders to do all the open source things that we love to do. So we really Just appreciate Just for the record, it. I don't believe that Gavin and I are getting paid to do this. At least I'm not. So this is going <laughs> toward the actual infrastructure to make this work. <laughs> for sure. Okay. So next up, we have news and events. So... Uh, Let's check this out. So the big news is, again, we have another new host. We're adding some more people into the mix. And you are that new person, Dan. Dan Card. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, 30-second elevators pitch or whatnot? Sure. This is the quick pitch. Basically, I live north of Boston. My, uh, well, my name is Dan Card. I uh, live north of Boston, up by the Hampshire border. Um, I've been using Cold Fusion since around 2003. Um, I was working at a school and uh, uh uh, a company came in, built our website, and I looked around and I said, that guy, they, they, they did a great job, uh, but they didn't tie in this database and that database. So I learned to code in order to do that and then basically didn't look back. Um, most of my work recently has been in the ed tech world, um, whether it be actually uh, teaching or um, uh, games that have to do with educational technology and communication. And uh, as of this, I think it was October or something like that, I now work for Ordis full time. Very cool. Uh, see, some stuff I didn't even know about you in there, so that's cool. We'll have to get to know you more as time goes on. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. Again, we're, we're trying to get some new faces in here, some new perspectives. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the oldest people are very busy in projects, so we just sort of spread the load a little more. And that way we don't have to, uh, you know, hear the same people all the time, except me. But uh, it's okay. I'm going to have Eric sub me out too, so it's okay. You have to listen to That's yeah. cool. Cool, cool. Okay, so probably the biggest news uh, lately is the Log4j vulnerability reported. So if you haven't heard already, um, Log4j, which is a you know Java logging library um, built into applications 
like Adobe Cold Fusion and Lucy, for example, um, there's a major vulnerability. So zero day vulnerability, um, Pete Freitag, security guru has a, a blog post on it that we're going to share. I'm going to share my screen for those watching. So you can see, uh, it's critical. It is included in both Adobe Cold Fusion and Lucy, for example. Um, Pete's keeping uh, up some information here on how to keep things and whatnot. Now there are some other information that you want to look at too. So uh, there are some updates here. They just posted, um, you know, just this week about this and they're updating all the time. So we've got lots of little different bits and pieces for you. So uh, Charlie blogged uh, a couple of blog posts and then right after Charlie blogged, <laughs> uh, Adobe stepped in as well. And so I think Dan is sharing some of these links uh, or trying to. Um, we've got uh, links to the Adobe Cold Fusion blog. There's a vulnerability page and too long didn't read for Adobe. Basically, it's a critical server vulner security vulnerability, uh, which basically affects Log4j, and that's in all of the all of our libraries. And it's Adobe's investigating potential impact. So right now we know that it can do something, but we're not sure if it's actually affecting uh, and what it's affecting. So uh, ColdFusion is planning to release a patch uh, as early as December seventeenth. That's this week. So. Um, pretty good yeah for adobe that's very fast so it's and it good shows, to turn around shows it's important too i'd imagine yeah for sure um and so in the meantime they do have uh, workarounds and mitigation steps until this patch is released and uh, again pete freitag has some good information on that charlie's blog posts are uh, good on that so if you get once you get the show notes you'll see all those i think dan are you posting in those links i is that am as a matter of fact i'm just a little slow in the uptake here okay i'm just not sure if they're showing i added you to the the list so you should be there but if they're not oh, I put up. everything else up. I actually posted the uh, Pete's Pete's blog, the Adobe blog. Okay, they're just not coming through, so I'm gonna have to jump on this and, and help with that. Sorry, everybody. I thought I had all the the YouTube permissions done, but I guess it doesn't like us. So, but yeah, so so, I can see it perfectly in my chat. Just just in case you guys are wondering. Okay, well, as long as you can share that, everybody, we're fine. But um, yeah. So the big news is if you're a Lucy. Um, Lucy person, Lucy is not affected. So there's a, a, a an article I'm posting here is that. Um, and as I said, Charlie has a couple of great blog posts, which we'll go over as well later. But basically, it does affect um, some versions of Adobe Cold Fusion. Lucy, they think, like I said, they've done their testing. They think everything's good. There's a lot of uh, information about the millions of attacks and thousands and thousands of attempts to try and get this vulnerability because this is Java. It's not just called Fusion. Remember, we use this Java library. Um, and so it's something where everyone in the world, a lot of people using Java um, are having the same problem. So it's not just called Fusion, um, but it is something to be aware of. So a lot of great links there. Um, you know, if you're definitely take the time to look at it. Watch out for those Adobe patches. Uh, I know that some people have basically been threatened by their ops teams that if they don't update their servers soon, they're going to unplug them because of that worried about getting remote access. Because that's the thing. If people can control your machines, man, that's kind of crazy. Like there's some big bad things that can happen. So that's the, the big news item um, for the last couple of weeks here. And uh, and Scott was saying, Scott Steinbeck in the chat saying, some reports show the vulnerability was first reported back in 2016. So that's kind of crazy that it's been out five there for ago. five years. Like half a decade. I mean, for Java people too, like it's not just a little cold fusion world, you know, like Java's huge. Like, so anyway, so definitely uh, check yourselves, check your stuff, look at those guides, 
thanks Charlie and Pete for posting this and Adobe has posted on their stuff too. So really important. So uh, protect yourself. Security is important, guys. So, okay. Next up, uh, what do we have, Dan? Well, we've got a couple things, actually. So one of the cool things this week uh, uh, is a new co uh, command box feature that Brad released. <clears throat> there may be a little background in this. So when, when command box was first started, uh, it was it kind of changed the mindset that some people had around how the sites are hosted. Because obviously, when you do a cold fusion install, that whole box becomes a cold fusion box. Uh, IIS was basically connected to your cold fusion thing, and he had multiple sites being run through 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 IIS. When command box started, what's interesting about it is much more of a silo um, uh, container model. I Meaning you have like one install of command box going, and you have one site that was based with Undertow. Then you have another site over here, maybe a different IP address. What's cool about this new feature that Brad released? Basically, it allows you to have your uh, your your command box server act like the universal install. Okay, so you can have IIS. Um, act as your front end and manage your sites just like you do, but you can use the, use the convenience of command box to go ahead and manage uh, to manage your server, which is fantastic. Um, I just a real, it's just such a convenient way of doing things. And obviously, as you guys know, for command box, you can use any kind of version. You can do any kind of version you want. In this case, you can actually test multiple sites on different versions before you transfer or whatever you need to do. Um, all right, so yeah, basically, I mean the it's based Go ahead, sorry. Oh, that's okay. I was going to say, it's like, yeah, I mean, basically, he's taken an equivalent of the mod CFML Tomcat yep. valve um, and, and basically made it work under on the undertow handler. So, yeah, so it just auto-creates the context, too, so you don't have to go into your XML files like you used to in Lucy and whatnot and, like, create them all separately. And then, I mean, all the auto-create stuff is there. You can basically drop in support for bond code or, you know, Apache that's pretty cool. So I know a lot of people have been asking this for a long time because they're like, they like, we only want to run one server. Like, we just want one command box server. Why can't we host more? And so Brad finally listened, and he did all the work to to make it happen. Right. Which is very cool. Thank you, sir. Yeah, mm -hmm. no problem. So this new command box feature, um, like I said, the the link that we're sharing here is actually for um, Jira, so you can find out a little bit more about the feature and the notes that Brad's put on there as well. So it's a pretty cool thing. Okay, more news. We have a CB Security 2.15.0 release. So um, they fixed some things about uh, timeout token storage. Um, is basically now the the normal token timeout. And they added a few things where you can pass custom claims from refresh token method when refreshing tokens. You can pass in the current JWT payload. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you can get the, the custom JWT claims, and you can also order refresh tokens now, uh, not only on expired tokens, but on invalid and missing tokens as well, thanks to Eric. So uh, quite a few cool updates there in CB Security. So that's available up on Forgebox. Uh, so you can go get that latest version here. I'm going to grab the link. For some reason, I didn't have it in my show notes here, so I'm about to. And then uh, we'll share that in the chat too. But yeah, so it's a big update, a couple of fixes there, all those refresh tokens that we built, uh, you know, getting used. And so we're, we're fixing those little bugs. So really cool. But that's not all. Luis has been busy, right? So uh, he's released a couple more things. What are you going to tell us about? Yes, yeah, yeah, so basically, basically uh, just released his test box 4.5.0 uh, new version. So a couple things have been added. One is um, it has a migration to get to, uh, to GitHub Actions. This earpiece is really bugging me right now. Sorry if I keep like poking it. Anyway, a um, couple of tickets have 
been taken care of. Test box 332. Um, I'm not quite sure what this, this refers to, but it says 2B, and then a type is incomplete. So I think it's one of the um, uh, the matchers, um, yeah, like evaluators. To be struck, to be array, to be whatever. To oh, be as this, to be that. So do that as opposed to like to be type of or to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. To be, I gotcha. Okay, but there was so some we'll, missing types, so he's, they fixed some of that. And, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And then also it has uh, full null support. Six bug fixes went into it. Um, there's also been a bunch of updates to the VS code um, extension, which is really kind of cool because that means you can actually run your test box uh, suite basically right from VS code. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's gone and rewritten basically a ton of it and added a bunch of more features. Mm -hmm. Yep. As well as like, oh, there's, there's the full harness. You can do single specs. You can do a bundle. Um, pretty much you could almost run all of your test box tests right from VS code. And then it kind of just kind of, I don't know, it's just right there with the same interface. I think this is amazing how like all the tools basically that they've been, that, that have been developed, you can also start seeing the synergy that kind of goes from like commercial products or, you know, whatever to um, all the Ortis tools. I just, I just think it's fascinating how like you, you, you start having pieces of a puzzle and you start putting them together and all of a sudden your productivity just starts going up, which I think is amazing. Yep, for sure. And then, of course, we know the biggest issue with running a lot of things Cold Fusion related in VS Code is that you have to have a Java server running for it to be able to, to run it. And so um, starting up command box to do something, like if you're using it for CF format or CF lint or whatever, it starts up command box, which takes a couple seconds. Every JVM does. Um, and so once it's up, then it, it runs the process, which is usually fast. So it's a little slow, but Luis is working on building a native HTTP runner from inside of VS Code. So once that's done, the native runner stuff is gonna just speed up everything so much. So uh, he's working on that. And uh, so, so yeah, some new VS Code stuff there, more coming and new release of TestBox. So uh, go check it out. Also, for those of you that are uh, feeling the Christmas bug and not really feeling like working, uh, I got an option for you. There's some view mastery courses that are going to be available for free December 17th through the 20th. So they're making their, their library available. So if you're wanting to learn view or want to touch up on view, or just, you don't want to pay for their courses and, uh, you don't have much else to do December 17th to 20th, you go sign up for that. Uh, and you'll be able to watch all of their courses on their site for free. They say you should reserve a spot. I'm not sure if there's a limited number or not, but uh, it's a great set of courses. I've used some of these. I know they have some free ones time to time, um, and I used them pretty religiously when I was learning Vue to start with. So very cool. Go check it out. Okay. What's up next, Dan? A couple things. First of all, starting December 1st, so we're kind of going back a little bit in history, but it's going on now, is the advent of code. If you guys haven't, ha um, haven't heard of this, basically, it's kind of like the 12 days or 25 days of Christmas, but it's a different coding problem or a it is an, or a not official kata, but kata-esque type of thing where you can go through and it gives you a challenge for, uh, for a given day, whether it be to solve something a little more efficiently, to do a simple problem. Um, I think these things are really cool. Even if you look at them and you're like, why would I want to take time coding to solve this problem? You know, it's good to keep, like, you know, to try new ways of doing things. And this is a real good project to actually kind of you know, either keep yourself sharp while you're on vacation or even just to try a new technique. One thing I was thinking about this morning while I was kind of going over it, um, even if you're not, you know, you got, you got to a point where you liked your coding and everything else, if you want to try experiment with, with a new project, you may want to actually, like, let's say, and I was, again, this is where my brain kind of went today when I was reading this. If you're looking at tr trying to learn a new technology, then build this in a new, you know, in a new, in view. You know, tie that in with a previous thing, build it in Vue, use cold, or, uh, or, or React, or use Cold Fusion as, as the server side. Um, 
shoot, if you want to check out some new, um, my brain just completely just stopped right there. But if you want to actually just start packaging these things together, this is a good excuse to try something new. Uh, if you want to, uh, learning test box, for example, this is just a little thing you can put together and then write tests against it. So you're learning test box and you're actually writing tests against this code. And that will kind of not just force you to write it better, but just the whole thing. It's a nice little package, but doesn't take a huge amount of time um, for like bite-sized problems. Yep. And they, a good way to do this stuff too, if you're out looking to a new language, um, you know, your brain is probably called fusion brain. If you were listening to this podcast, it probably is. So what a lot of people will do, will solve it in cold fusion. So solve in cold fusion, how you do it in cold fusion. And then basically you've done all the logic, you know, it works. Now what you do is you go and take the syntax, basically look up the syntax for the different language. And so now you're basically just translating. You're not trying to solve a problem that, that you don't know how to solve. You've already solved it in ColdFusion, and then you do it in another language. And you'll see it might be different, but uh, it's kind of a nice way to, to transition. So that way you're not solving two problems at once. You're basically just trying exactly. to translate your code already. And you wrote it, so hopefully you know how it works. But uh, if you anyway, want to just keep tip. it just in the ColdFusion language, like let's say they want to learn Coldbox, take your solution that you already wrote, put it into Coldbox, and then you can actually learn how to do a REST API talking code that you've or calling code that you've already written. Yeah, and a, a great one is too is um, command box. If you have command box installed, you can write it as a task runner, and then you just do a command line to run it, and now you've got a task runner. You've learned how to write a task runner, and that'll save you hours of frustration and pain if you ever try to write them in shell, uh, like Bash and stuff like that. Um, Confusion is better. Uh, like again, the only thing with JVM, we got that two second startup. But if you're running an automated scheduled task, you're like a cron job or something, like you don't care if it takes two seconds longer to start. If it does all your code and everything you want in Confusion. Heck yeah. And remember, if you've got command box open, you don't have to wait for it to open every time you run it. So once it's open, you just, it, there's no startup time. So Makes just sense. in case people are saying it's slow every time. Anyway, the next thing, uh, in case you missed it as well, we did talk about the Audis Redis cache extension version 2.0. So there's a, we released that a couple weeks back. So 11 new features, one improvement, three bug fixes. The major enhancements all focus around pub sub capabilities, Docker support, cluster protocols, and the plus the cluster protocols actually support Redis cluster, Sentinel, AWS, and DigitalOcean. So there's a pretty big coverage right there. So if you're uh, are looking at using Redis, um, and maybe if you're using it on Adobe and you want to get it for Lucy, um, the good thing is is we have the extension. It is a commercial extension, so there's, there's some licensing fee, but that does give you a lot of support too. So. Uh, if that's something you're interested in, uh, check out Audis Redis Cache Extension version 2.0. Okay, well, that's a lot of news. It, uh, usually this time of the year, it's a little quieter, but let's get into some CFCast content. So remember, CFCast is our video system. We are a learning system. Uh, it's available at www.cfcast.com. And every week we release free and paid content, well, free or paid content every week. Um, and then we have a lot more scheduled coming up. So what's been released recently? So a couple of things released. And one thing about CFCast, it's in multiple languages. There's stuff in English, there's stuff in Spanish. So what's been released this week is some youth trainings from the Universidad Don Bosco. And I probably butchered that pronunciation like you wouldn't believe. For example, the Zero to Hero for, uh, I'm, I think that's the cold box Zero to Hero, um, is there. And so the training is actually, like I said, is multilingual. Um, and uh, yeah, that's one of the newest things. Coming up soon is also going to be um, all the, the videos from um, Into the Box Latam. Latam is Latin America. And that was, that was a couple weeks ago, right, Kevin? Yep. Actually, it was last week. And oh, it was then, last week. Um, yeah. So if yeah. you go to CFCast and click Browse, you can choose your language. So if you turn off the Spanish 
Uh, you'll see just the English ones, but if you are bilingual or Spanish is your preferred language, uh, click that and you'll see all the content from both. If you just want Spanish, you do that. And so the into the box of TAM stuff will be coming yeah, very soon. They said it should be coming uh, sooner than you expect. So I'm not sure what that means. Very soon. So... Very cool. And just because we believe in integrating all of our stories in here, uh, just a quick thing on that: you can actually sponsor part of part of the Patreon supporter. You can actually get free CFcast memberships as part of your Patreon support. Yep, exactly. So if you're like another membership. I don't want to do that and everything else. Tie it all together: Forgebox membership, CFcast membership, yep. support good stuff. All through Patreon, and uh, that's yeah, that's one of the the packages we have, and we'll talk a little more at the end. But yeah, it's uh, it is a good way to do it. And once we added that package, a lot of people that were buying those services separately switched to Patreon, so they could get both of them and support us at the same time. So, and then we have the the discounts for annual discounts too. So if you sign up for a whole year, and I know a lot of people right now are looking to blow their budget that they didn't spend. If you didn't spend it all, uh, you know, you can sign up for a membership for the year, save some money, and then you know help us help us out by supporting us with your business's hard-earned money which is even better than your hard-earned money right so okay so next up let's talk about some conferences and we had a ton of them last week so first up one of them we had was the tam like you said yep and all the content basically it was, it was a great time speakers uh, all day we looked it uh, took place in el salvador Okay, and uh, so it was good. I actually, I actually tuned into one of the speakers, um, uh, Stephanie, uh, one of the Ortugians was a, she's the project manager on a, on a, um, for a client where I am, and I was going to support us. So I logged in, and the presentation was fantastic. Fortunately, I saw it in English um, at Into the Box, and so I kind of knew the flow of what she was talking about. But all fifteen words that I understood were amazingly deep and insightful. Um, so yeah, so overall, it was it was really really good content. So if you missed into the box, or you're more of a native speaker into Spanish, check this out. And as we said before, it's on CFcast. Yep. Mm -hmm. And next up, we had a Adobe CF Summit last week too. That's why we skipped the podcast last week. Don't worry, we weren't uh, hiding. Um, we were just busy. CF Summit had some great content. Two days of virtual content for free. And the best thing is, is all the recordings from that two day conference are already and currently available on the conference website. So I'm going to share that in the chat right now. Um, they are re-rendering them all and uploading them as uh, full MP4 quality to their YouTube channel, which is very soon. And they'll be linking to that from the coldfusion.adobe.com portal as well. Um, but I, I talked to Mark Takata after the conference to get just uh, some feedback from him. And he said uh, he really wanted to highlight the figures because they had over 8,600 registrations, which obviously is a record for them because usually it's in person. Um, but uh, he said they're still running numbers on participation, but they said it was really great percentages as far as participation goes from what they could see. Um, also, they introduced a new product manager, Aditya Nima. And uh, one of the big things that everyone was talking about was how he's basically, uh, I'm not sure if it's promising, but saying he's going to spend a lot more time on Slack, be more available to the community. So that's a really positive sign for Adobe. So that was cool. Uh, and then, um, you know, everyone enjoyed the the content. There was uh, some of the old stewards or stalwarts or whatever you call it, Charlie and Pete. And, and then especially in track two, there was some uh, new faces, which had a lot of CF adjacent or uh, tech CF folks might be interested in. So they had some static site generators and other languages that Brad would probably be steaming about uh, and some other content too. But um, they had some, you know, some 
sort of front-end stuff and some back-end stuff and a little bit of everything and um, you know it was good content you know a lot of good a lot of good people there and he said even though they had hiccups in the platform because there's always problems you know that's just part of doing an online conference or any conference actually um, you know there's always hiccups but uh, they received nothing but great feedback from all the talks and all the folks that attended it. So, um, so yeah, so it's really good. Um, I'm really happy that it went well for them. And then obviously those videos are available. So if you didn't have time to tune into too many of the sessions, I know a lot of us were busy working, but, uh, we, we got a few snuck in and now the videos are there for us to watch as well. So cool. very cool. Yeah, there's um, one by Rick on Jamstack that I wanted to see because I keep hearing about Jamstack, but I have absolutely no idea what it actually is. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, the funny thing is Daniel, another Dan, Daniel, <laughs> he just said, I got all the hiccups, so I'm waiting for the recordings. <laughs> yeah, they're there, buddy. Go go check them out after the podcast. Okay. So, uh, yep. But we also had a couple other ones too, some smaller conferences last week. You want to tell us which ones they were? I do. Yeah. So last week, basically, again, see, uh, uh, CFML adjacent, there was the Nginx APAC Sprint 2.1, which is an online site, um, on online conference. Uh, basically, it was all about launching modern applications with, with uh, F5 Nginx. Now, i got to be honest, I don't know a lot about Nginx. That If you want to learn more about it, this would probably be, be a great place to go. I do know that it's obviously that it's a web server. You can put it on the front. You know, it's you know, as an IIS replacement, or if you're using command box, a, a uh, undertow replacement. Um, but knowing more about it and launching applications, that'd be a great place to start if you want to check it out. Um, there's another one, actually, and this was the jconf.dev conference, um, which... Was, I yeah, the last honest. December, I think, December the 9th. And so we're sharing the links. Um, I'm not sure about the recordings. I haven't gone into too much detail about them. So for both of those, I'm hoping that they're sharing them. They were both free. So um, they should have content available for us soon. And we uh, did have other conferences finished recently. There's a Digital Ocean one. There was an AWS reInvent. So a lot of good content if you want to find it over the Christmas break. If uh, if you're taking a bit of a break and uh, you know you can't get away from the stuff then there's plenty of stuff to watch so and then there is one more coming up and this one's actually earlier in 2022 so january 26th and 27th we have an online live event vue.js nation conference it's free uh, the call for speakers is open until the end of the month so if you want to try and uh, you know test out your speaking for a vue.js conference uh, you go to vue.jsnation.com and that as i said call for speakers is open for two more weeks so it'd be kind of cool if somebody did something you know powered by cold fusion in there uh i think we need to get some cool. some super apps that we put view on the front of so we can uh, get that there you know it's so funny we're so busy being defensive about cold fusion is still relevant to super to this well we know that it's awesome so start getting out there to the other conferences and actually presenting what you're doing and show all this cool stuff not just to us preaching to the choir let's show it to everybody else too it's a great way to put it yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. And, and if you're looking for any uh, conferences coming up, one of the links you can look at is confs.tech, C-O-N-F-S dot T-E-C-K. It says, find your next tech, uh, tech conference. You can actually search by uh, the language. You can search by, you know, whether it be hardware, software, or whatever. Um, so just, just kind of a cool thing to look at. Yep, looks like there's a couple more. We Are Developers Live Gameplay Development Day is on the 15th. Extreme JS on the 22nd. And then there's several coming up again in January, like we said. So well, there's got to be something there. And they do have in-person and online. So conf.tech, great site. Uh, use GitHub to basically you know make your requests. 
And uh, yeah, they even have a link for call for paper. So if you're looking for speakers, you can put that in there. So if you're looking for conferences to speak at, maybe that's a good place to go too. Okay, we're getting through this. You're keeping up, Dan. <laughs> I am keeping up. I didn't get that that drink of water in while you were sc- while you were uh, sharing your screens. So. I was trying to, but uh, but yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> yep. So we have uh, a few more blog posts here. Uh, a lot of them are going to be um, sort of relatable to the other content so but so let's get started so we had uh, a blog post from charlie basically that was on his website talking about the log for uh log for j shell pandemic um and what cfml folks can do about it and right after he posted he said that adobe posted their stuff so he links back to that because he updated it and he links to the the coldfusionadobe.com site which is what basically all the information he had on how to um you know mitigate the vulnerability um and so he's got some good information there so we've got a couple couple of blog posts there from charlie and then we have some from adobe too right oh yeah we do mark takata was actually giving an update from the from the cold fusion point of view uh says the adobe engineering team is hard to work uh basically determine what versions of cold fusion might be affected by it um any workarounds or um Mitigations to go check out uh, the Cold Fusion site. It says, let me skim through this again. Um, basically, the, art, the articles on the website have, have things to do with Cold Fusion 2021, Cold Fusion 2018, and Cold Fusion 2016. Um, and there's also a special section on there about the performance monitoring tool set for 2021 and 2018, as well as the API manager. So that's one of the things about logging tools, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then uh, also he does link out to the uh, helpx.adobe.com. Um, so this is the knowledge base here. It was updated on the 14th. They're going to be updating this over and over again as they go. And so this is, you can see here they're releasing updates for 21, 2021 and 2018 uh, on the 17th. That's the plan. Um, so there's information here about how to basically mitigate it. So you can stop the server, go to the directory, follow these steps. Um, they have a JVM argument, etc. And so you can follow it through. So they do have um, information here. Um, they say the 2016 is not impacted because it's a different version. And so that doesn't have any issues. So I guess it's just a new one. But if you are running the performance monitoring tool set um, for 21, 2018, or the API manager, all the information's in here. And like you said, logging is everywhere and it should be. So if you're not logging everywhere, then there's problems too, right? <laughs> so sure. very cool. Okay, then after that, we have more from Charlie. And this is actually pretty useful because I was looking for the recordings. I knew that the recordings were available for the CF Summit, but it took me a little bit to find them. I found them, and then I found Charlie's blog post. So, <laughs> so we'll confirm that it works, which yeah. is good. You have two yeah. sources of truth. Yeah, so if you follow Charlie's uh, blog post, he does go through in detail. Click this button, click that button, click this button, click that button. Ta-da! But basically, it's in the agenda. If you go to the agenda and look at the talks, uh, you'll see a link to be able to, to see those. And so that was a really nice of you, Charlie. And again, they will be releasing them on YouTube, on the YouTube channel. If you can't wait for YouTube, uh, go to YouTube and look at last year's. They have 2020s on there as well. Yeah, that was last year. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, they were starting to add more and more to their uh, Cold Fusion YouTube channel. So, And then uh, more Log4J stuff, right? So Brad tweeted a bunch of stuff this week. So the first thing is, is that command box users can immediately protect their servers from the new log4j vulnerability by using the config settings and restarting any runner servers. So there's actually like a one line um, 
function here. And basically the steps that Pete and Charlie have mentioned in their blog posts with Adobe as well, setting a JVM arg. And if you're in command box, I'm going to paste it in here. Basically just say config set server defaults jvm.args equal and put it in there. And then any server you start using command box will automatically have that JVM argument. So that's really, really nice, uh, a nice way to, to do that. And so for those watching, I'm going to share my screen. And so here's the uh, tweet that Brad sent out and there's, you know, quite a few people talking about it. There's a little bit of back and forth conversation there. So if you want to check that out, um, but yeah, that's it right there. Paste that in and this sets a default for your servers, JVM marks to that. And that's, that's the big step, basically restart your servers and you should be good to go. So, um, Obviously, we're waiting for those patches. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm that? sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Kevin. I'm sorry. I was just kind of pointing out a little bit that in addition to having the servers actually be, be vulnerable, don't forget, I mean, we're obviously, of course, with Cold Fusion, you can leverage Java pretty much anywhere. So if you're having auxiliary um, uh, JAR files um, or libraries as part of your site, one of the things Brad also did, just because that's the kind of guy he is, basically, there's a command box task runner that will scan um, basically all the JARs or a whole folder of JARs for you. Um, and then go ahead and uh, just say if they're vulnerable or not, which is kind of nice. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a great little task runner. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I really like the the way he's thinking, you know, like we always try and build those little tools because, you know, if you've got a lot of clients or a lot of projects in general, I mean, that's the way to do it. And so very cool. And I know that a lot of other people are updating stuff. So I didn't go and announce every update this week. I know like the CFML spreadsheet updated because of log4j and there's quite a few things that have updated this week. Uh, and you know, everyone's staying on top of that. So um, if you're using any library, check to see if there's an update, if not file an issue and see if, you know, see if it's something they've looked at. Are they, is it safe? Is it not safe? Just to make sure you're aware. And hopefully those patches will be out very soon and will be there. Cause like you said, the engine may be safe, right? Lucy may be safe, but if you're downloading a library and using a library that isn't, then you might be vulnerable. So, does it make sense to lock the front door but leave the garage door open? Uh, I've done that before. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got some more from uh, from Brad. Not like he tweets enough, right? Um, so he also tweeted about CF engines ignoring duplicate HTTP request hitters, and so he never realized this before. I think I have run into this, but I didn't know why. And so I just ignored it because that's what I do. But Adobe and Lucy ignore the duplicate HTTP request headers. So if you ask, uh, if your client gives you like two headers and the, the exact same name, even if the values are different, it doesn't do like CF form where it puts them comma separated. It just, when you ask for a header, it gets a header. And if there's two headers, it gets the first one. And so basically if you ask for it, you'll get it and you kind of get not what you're expecting. But if you drop down to the servlet classes, you can get both. So there's a method to do that. And so Brad tweeted about that and I'll share my screen real quick in case there's a conversation that you want to see. But yeah, so people, so James is coming in here asking if it's correct behavior or bug mock chimes in. So if you're uh, see more of that, you can uh, basically look at that. Look at that tweet. We'll share the link in the show notes as well as uh, in the chat for those that are keeping up. Lots of links today, for sure. Yeah. Okay. What else do we got, Dan? Um, well, going over to, to uh, Ben, the, excuse me, my gosh, Ben the Dell's blog. Uh, I got to confess, I read the 
the, the headline for this. And I was looking at it and I was like, why on earth would you want to do that? <laughs> but this actually is core of a two-part blog. The first one's called Inspecting Primary and Secondary Index Key Utilization for MySQL 5.7.32 in Lucy CFML 5.3.7.47. And I read that. And obviously my first thing was, why would I want to do that in the first place? <laughs> like, what, what, what is this? And I'm just kind of curious. But what's fascinating about this is once you get past the headline, which again, is exactly what the thing is about, you realize that this actually is a real problem that you may run into, which I thought was interesting. Um, so uh, the basic thing is this, and I'll just I'll give you this. We have a database, okay, and we have an auto incrementer on, okay? And basically the, the core of the problem is that uh, they ran out of numbers, for lack of a better word. Basically, I heard that and I was like, huh. It's like Ben the Dell has now become Chuck Norris. He outcounted numbers. That's amazing. But the auto increment only goes up to a certain amount, something like two, was it like two billion or something if like that? If it's assigned integer, it'll go yep. from negative 2.1 million to positive 2.1 million. If it's mm -hmm. unsigned, it goes from zero to 4.2 or 4.3 million. And I only exactly. know this because I've got Ben's blog open for those who are watching. So I, I'm not that <laughs> no, smart, but trust me. But this was fascinating to me because there's so much in this actual article that I thought was thought was interesting. You know, it's one of these things where it's like a lot, I mean, as a developer, um, this team that I'm on, we have a DBA and he's always giving us a hard time about how developers don't pay attention to, you know, DBA stuff and everything else. And this is one of those things that was actually really important. I mean, think about it. A lot of us work on, on smaller databases, but if you have an auto increment, you literally can run out of space. You can run out of numbers. Okay. So you get to the, the 2 million or whatever, or, you know, if it's, if it's signed, meaning it goes from negative 2 million to positive 2 million or unsigned, meaning it goes from zero to the 4 million number that um, had it up there, you eventually will run out of numbers. And when that happens, you start getting 500 errors on your site. So what this blog is about is basically then it ran into the problem and he said, how do I fix this? And so he's using cold fusion to read kind of like the, uh, the information schema that's on his MySQL uh, database to figure out how close are they to running out of numbers. I love the screenshot here. He's a, a mm -hmm. screenshot of like how much percent used of the primary key value space. It's awesome. Which, if you're not working on a database that's that big, but you're in a startup, you hopefully will need have to have this problem one day. Too much yeah, data. That's a good thing. And to have, hopefully right? you've outgrown it. Okay, but it doesn't just stop there because that's fine. You write the, you write the JavaScript or JavaScript. Good grief! You write the cold fusion. You get the information back. He talks about how he ties into it and. Gavin uh, can go more into detail if he wants to and stuff. But basically, what does he do then? Well, the next step is, okay, he then takes that data and then puts it up onto Datadog, um, which is a monitoring um, site. And I guess you can uh, create your own, your own, basically your own, uh, your own, not specs, gauges or alerts or alarms and everything else. So now this is actually built into Datadog as an alarm for them so it doesn't happen again or that they know it's going to happen when it happens and they can do something about it. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, uh, I like it. I mean, obviously Ben's great. It's really detailed, uh, lots of code examples too, and shows exactly what he's doing. And uh, yeah, and like so I read this too. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, I never thought about that. You know, like I mean, yeah. you always just assume you got plenty of space. And I think I've mentioned it before. Is like I had a, a contractor when I first learned Cold Fusion. He set everything up in our system as you know six character text fields. Mm -hmm. And so when we got to like, you know, a hundred thousand, when you went from 99,000 to a hundred thousand, the max was always the 99, nine, 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 nine. And it's right. kept trying to insert keys of a hundred thousand because nine becomes after, you know, it's bigger than one because right. it's text, not integer. And the same thing yep. happens here, but it's running out of space for a different way. So 
Anyway, yeah, exactly. so yeah, those are really how like cool. some of those things you can write off as like a theoretical whatever become really important, like data types. What's the difference between Varkar and Nvarkar? Um, what's the difference between a car and a Varkar and all those different things that it's easy as developers because if we're if we're teaching ourselves something, it's easy as developers to skip over stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like we learn something and we learn how to code, but we haven't read the the introductory chapters of the book, so to speak. We've jumped into like, you know, how do I solve the problem at hand? And so a lot of times we do that, we may have like these, like what I call air bubbles in our, you know, it's like, I know all of this, but there's like a little gap of stuff that I don't know right here. Sort of like an air bubble in glass, you know, you know, it's like an imperfection. And sometimes it pays to go back and just kind of learn some of that stuff and fill in the gaps in your knowledge. Um, and this was a, just a really, really interesting article that he says he was, <laughs> he yeah. said it was one of his worst nightmares. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know it was a thing. And here's Ben dreaming about it. Okay, yeah. cool. Now the, the coolest thing is, is like, this is why we have blogs, right? To share those crazy, weird lessons that we learned, we fought through, and now we've shared our, our lessons and our lessons learned so people can learn. Like way back in the day before blogs were around and stuff, you know, you you ran into this issue, you had to be lucky to find some bulletin board or some forum somewhere and happened to be on the right one with the right people. But now, you know, the world's a little different, a little easy to get the stuff. So very exactly. cool. So a lot of great blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Let's uh, go find a job. Let's so, do it. Go for it, Dan. All right. So basically, we have a bunch of CFML jobs. So a lot of positions open. Again, we have getcfmljobs.com. Um, and uh, currently, we have over 248 cold fusion positions from 107, company, 107 companies across 129 locations in five countries. The yep, upshot so of that line, if you got lost in the numbers, there's a lot of stuff out there. People are looking to hire. Yeah, so it looks like we've got about seven new weeks since our last episode on the twenty, uh, the thirtieth of November. So we've got a cold fusion developer looking for four to six years, hopefully not old, maybe experience um, in mm. Pune. Um, yeah. Then we also have uh, cold fusion developer thing. position in Connecticut. Uh, actually, two of them. So they might be duplicates, just reposting for um, relevance. We also have a position in Richmond, Virginia, uh, or Toronto, Canada as well, and then uh, looking at a remote position in the United States. And Fort Washington. Never visited remote. It's a great spot. Yeah, I've heard the great things about that place. I have made seriously. Yep, for sure. Very casual so, dress. Yeah, a lot of great content. Cool. Uh, a lot of great jobs in there. Sorry, not content jobs, but uh, maybe you can make some content. But yeah, so seven jobs listed there. Again, cfmljobs.com. If you follow cfmljobs on Twitter, you can see them as they get posted. And uh, it does scrape from all the different engines, or most of them at least. And you can post your jobs for free on the site too. So if you're looking for someone to join your team, it's a great place to go and uh, let us know so we can uh, make sure we spotlight your position on the podcast. Okay, so next up, we're going to talk about uh, Forgebox module of the week. And this one's actually not a module, but something that we've never covered. And I'm like, I think it's pretty important, so we should probably cover it. So Dan, tell us about this cool module of the week. So the cool module of the week, the cool non-module of the week is just command is command box in general. Now, what's interesting about this, I say just command box. I don't mean because it, I'm trivializing it in the slightest. I have never found a tool that actually solved more problems that I didn't know I had until command box. That sounds ridiculously stupid, but like I just, I actually learned about command box. This is a little history. It's not really important, but human interest. I actually went to a cold box training. I think it was cold box. I forget, but it was right before one of the Adobe conferences. And first thing, Luis and, and Brad kind of showed command box. And I just got enamored. I actually sat there for the rest of the day, kind of ignored the content that was actually going on that I'd paid there to, to learn. And then I just played with command box all day. 
Um, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a standalone tool. Okay, so you don't need a, a separate cold fusion server or anything else to run it. Runs on Windows, Mac, and Linux, um, and it provides you with a command line interface. Now, sometimes, especially uh, if you've never used one before, uh, I, I tend to come kind of come at things from the what I call the non-elite programmer. Like a lot of tools that people take for granted, I hadn't used until relatively recently. Um, and so, a command line, I'm like, why would you? Why do you need that? That's for you know whatever. Again, uh, things you didn't know you needed until you exactly, found them, and then you're like, you can't do without them. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, so, and people know mostly command box for the the, uh, the ability to spin up servers very quickly. So, for example, on my site, right on my computer right now, between personal projects or clients or other projects and stuff, um, I probably have about 30 different servers that are running on my computer, if not more. Not all at the same time, but what's nice about Command Box, I can have this one over here, server start. It comes up, I can do the code, do whatever I want to do, turn it down. Um, turn that one on, and I can do it in different versions, everything from Cold Fusion 10 or earlier to the latest in Lucy, uh, all over the place. But people don't. Um, so people usually have heard that have heard of command box. Usually hear about it for the server management. Um, but there's probably three or four other main big families of things that it does. One of them is uh, is the package manager. Yeah, okay? that's why we have a Forgebox module of the week because installing stuff now is super simple. Command box is just you know box install CB security, box install cold box, and not just that. It also does scaffolding too. So we have a whole bunch of templates out there. If you want to do a REST API, you can just say, you know, hey, I want a cold box REST API and command box will get that whole app on your system ready to go of all the things you need right off the bat. So I love it. You can also customize it. Like for, um, for example, I have this client right now. What I started doing was all the things that I had to learn about being at that client. I started creating command box uh, commands, which is really simple. You write them in cold fusion, you drop, drop in a certain spot and all this knowledge that you need to do about whether it be um, you know, spinning up a server or accessing a website or having a process. I basically put it into a tool. So I don't remember how, I don't have to, don't have to remember how to do it. I just do the command, you know? Yeah, for Client sure. Start. And it's just, it's a way of actually kind of, I don't know, not empty your brain, but it just is an extension of yourself that makes things easy, which yep. is great. And I mean, yeah, the task runners are amazing for that. Um, you know, like those little tasks, you can make your own commands. So you can actually have your own namespace in there. So you could, you know, I had actually have some ones that I released when it first came out. I actually had a choose your own adventure game. Like you, you have to answer things like old school text things or whatever. And of course, all the ASCII art is, is just amazing. And then the cool thing is Brad puts all these quotes in it. So every time you start a command box, it throws you this random quote. And sometimes I swear he's watching me. <laughs> but yeah so i mean it's it's amazing it's really good and then you know we talked about cfconfig saving you from the log for j stuff just that alone is you know like a big step it's really easy to, to share settings it's you know dot emv for environment settings everything that we talk about all the time here is because of command box and you know like there's docker images for it so you can run your whole stuff on it uh, or it could just be a dev environment you know i mean to be honest i show this off at my javascript meetups showing them all the code and all the cool things we can do and stuff and then i make i like to watch their faces when they don't know that it's cold fusion <laughs> right because it's like better than all the node clis and everything and you know brad's really proud of this and uh, i love it and see, even Daniel Mejia is there saying, I have a namespace for development at work, which he's slowly adding more and more custom commands to. And that's awesome. And then Forgebox is a way to share them. So there's tons of cool commands that people have written and shared them. And uh, yeah, so can't say enough about command box. Can't believe we hadn't covered it, but I guess officially it's not a module. Um, but, but it's kind of like, know. you know, air. 
you don't really talk about air very often. It's just there and it works, you know, much like command back. Although a lot of people (laughs) never heard of it, never used it in the cold fusion community still. So, uh, you know, do, do your friends a favor, make sure they're using command box. So, okay. Very cool. Next up, we have our VS code hint tip and trick of the week. And so this one's actually something, um, which red hat put out. And I think we've covered a couple similar ones, but this is the YAML language support VS code extension. So I use a lot of YAML when I'm doing a GitLab um, build processes and, I, and YAML is sort of the big thing these days for a lot of different um, build things and pipelines in different places. And so they have a comprehensive YAML language support. I'll share the screen here. Um, so you can see like over 7 million installs, pretty good. Um, style rating and stuff but basically it's got built-in kubernetes support but it gives you the the yaml language server built-in support um it can detect if the entire file is valid or not it can detect certain errors like if nodes are found or invalid you know document outlining um to just make it easy for you to be able to find you know collapse things etc auto completion on certain things hover support um you know, that's if it's discovered by, you know, sorry, provided by the schema. So you can obviously hook up other schemas, the Kubernetes is default, but you can hook up other those and it allows you to format it too. Um, so auto, you know, formatting for indents and arrays because YAML is one of those things that spacing does matter. So uh, anything that can help you, pretty cool. And you can see here, there's tons of settings. And so, you know, you can tweak it to, to make it work. Um, and you even have your own custom tags. So I'm just waiting now for something like this to be released from them. Hopefully everyone else is going to add their VS code extension, which basically adds the mappings for all their schemas into this. And then, you know, if you're using Docker, uh, it'll be better. If you're using whatever you're using, GitLab, it'll be better because it's using this and then building on top of it. So, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. I know YAML is everywhere, but it's kind of funny. We joke about, ah, I missed a semicolon. But now it's like, I missed a space. <laughs> yeah. Well, that tab was a space or the space was a tab or, oh, wait, I've only got two of them. I need four of them. Oh, yeah. This invisible character overrode that invisible character. Ugh. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get the hint. Uh, so if you're using YAML for different things, it looks like a pretty cool one to add. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, that's the end of our VS Code hint tips and tricks of the week. So now we're at our end of the show where our guest or actually you're not a guest you're a host but you're our new host so you're going to tell us all about our patreon supporters all right well there you go well thank you all, all of our patreon supporters as we mentioned a couple times um these guys help make what we what box does uh possible which is really handy things like command box forge box cold box content box test box all the boxes um get the continuous development that they need and uh funds the cloud the cloud infrastructure that it relies on forge box the package management with command box and everything else in order to become a patreon supporter you can go to patreon <clears throat> excuse me patreon.com slash order solutions uh it's a great site you should go check it out um and we mentioned before there's also a bunch of of uh kind of freebies that you get along with it so you're supporting orders but you also get stuff in um, i'm in return yeah for so example, Oh, Let's say the bronze package and up now get a Forgebox Pro and CFK subscription as a perk for that Patreon. So that's a bronze package and up. But don't worry, you don't have to be a bronze member because if you're any Patreon supporter, you get a profile badge on our Autis community website. And you'll also get a um, own private forum access on the community website where you have access to the Autis people without any other of those non-supporters. So you get a little extra um, 
private help there. And obviously we, we have Slack channels and everything else, which is already there for everybody else as well. But those are just some of the perks. And if you look at the Patreon site, you can find out all the other perks as well. And there's a lot of them. I mean, if you think if you go up a little higher, so say your business has a little budget left and you get a subscription for the year, um, you know, some of them include into the box tickets and stuff. You know, some of them like Luis will sing mariachi music to put you to sleep. There's all sorts of things available, <laughs> but, uh, Actually, you probably want Jorge to sing you to sleep. Jorge's got a great voice, as you'll find out into the box, happy box. But anyways, so uh, why don't you give us a rundown of these awesome people that are uh, supporting us via Patreon. Yes, the cream to the cream of the Cold Fusion community. One thanks to John Wilson from, from Synaptrix. We have Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Jonathan Perot, Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media, Dean Maunder, Joseph Lamore, Don Bellamy, Jan Yannick, Laxma Tertuhati, uh, I need to practice that. I apologize if I butchered that. I'm so sorry. Uh, Carl Von Stetten, uh, me, Jeremy Adams, Jordan Clark, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck from Agri Tracking Systems, uh, Ben Adele, Mingo Hagen, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Digger, Jeff McLean, Sean Oden, Mar Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Monge, Kevin Wright, and Stephen Klotz. You can see an up-to-date list of everyone on the website um, and uh, at ordersolutions.com slash about hyphen us slash sponsors. Yep, very cool. I think you did a pretty good job. I think the only one that, that always gets me, we actually had to get a video. Uh, Jan Janik is actually Jan Janik. Um, he sent us a video because we <laughs> mispronounced it, but yeah, you did good. Uh, Laxma Tirohadi is always a tricky one. I mean, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but at least it sounds like I do know what i'm talking about but you know, did i say jan janik or did i say Jan yannick did i say it right I, I think you said jan i'm not sure but yeah i'm oh, just saying that's usually Yannick, the trickiest one and the joseph lamory uh lamory uh, i don't know what i tried to say the first time but he, he sent us a video too so but no one else has sent us a video for a while so i guess we're not that bad so uh, bad. Joseph we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see if they send any videos uh talking about your butchery but uh there you go <laughs> but uh uh, thanks so much for reading those out and thank you all Patreon supporters for supporting us and thank you to everybody else who you know submits bugs um, submits issues and pull requests and everything else it all does help or just do better things for the community and you know we're, we're all about making the community bigger better and stronger and obviously that helps everybody do their jobs better and you know support our families at home and at the end of the day that's what's important to everybody and orders now I know that uh, we mentioned the patreon support for end of the year budgets uh, another great thing to do is um we have some I items on orders you know we're we're in the charitable section too where we like to to help and so there's a couple of things on orders website um about you know helping and we have one of the big things we do is down in el salvador um you know there's a there's a place that we we donate to and you know, help sort of a lot of people down there and um I think we had, what's it called? I'm trying to, I didn't put it in the show notes, so I'm going to have to do that here soon. Um, there it is. I'm going to share my screen so everybody can see it. I was looking for it on the website to get, yeah. to get the name. Yeah, so at the bottom of the page, we have giving back. So 20% of Audis's income already goes to helping someone out. And so we, we support Harvesting in Spanish, which is an independent, nonprofit, interdenominational, evangelical mission helping educate orphans in El Salvador. And so this is a really big one here. Um, you know, we really, really want to push that so every dime that orders gets for income you know we send 20 percent of it there you know we're 
we're big supporters and if you guys are looking for something like say if you have budgets or charitable donations that you want to use you know that's a that's a good one for sure and then uh woods edge um is another one here too so you know basically this one here is to to help uh help create uh make you know help make houston basically known as the city of god so uh if those things sound good to you or patron support like if you've got funds available you know those are things that uh that we support and maybe you can too but uh we're not trying to sell you we're just happy that you're listening and i uh, hope everyone has a great week and we'll see you next week before christmas so sounds good guys have a great thank week. you yeah thanks dan for joining us uh great host and yeah we'll see you again in probably in a few weeks sounds good have a good one everybody thank you Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.